G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Jesus said, If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. After the birth of Jesus, wise men from the East came to worship him and to bring him gifts. Now there's a difference of opinion about the nature of these particular men. Some think they were of a priestly type employed by heads of state to give prophecies, explain omens, interpret dreams and practice divination. Others connecting these men to Old Testament prophecies thought that they were kings. Then there's uncertainty about their number. Traditionally we have come to believe that there were three, but there doesn't seem to be any solid evidence for this. Various numbers have been suggested ranging from three to twelve. Matthew Henry, the Bible commentator, said, Whatever is meant by the term wise men, they became wise indeed when they followed the star to the babe at Bethlehem. Someone else made the comment, Wise men from the east came to seek for Jesus, and wise men seek him still. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. And welcome to the program. It's a very special week, being Christmas week. And we're looking at the wonder of Christmas all this week. And yes, wise men are well known and well loved as part of the Christmas event. But Ken, as you say, we've sung for years that there were three of them, but it doesn't seem to necessarily hold water. But that aside, it is a remarkable thing that they travelled from so far away to come and worship Jesus at all. Yeah, historians tell us that there was a general expectation in the East that a king was to be born in Jerusalem who would be a world deliverer. Uh, That was based on two things. Of course, one we know, which is that the the Jewish scholars knew from Daniel's prophecies that around this time they could expect the Messiah to appear. Mm -hmm. But these men, being astrologers, seemed to have got a message from the stars that something big was about to take place. Uh, Now, it is a fact that around this time an incredible phenomena took place, which was a planetary conjunction that occurred between Jupiter and Venus. So maybe something happened around that time and they read something into it. Yeah, it's really, really interesting. I mean, you could possibly say that God was speaking to them or beckoning them in their own language, a language that they could understand and relate to. Yeah, we don't know for sure what this star was, but it seems that God had projected it into space. Now, it's interesting, of course, that Jesus is called the bright and morning star, and God used Balaam many centuries before Mm. to prophesy that there shall come a star out of Jacob. So really, it shouldn't come as a surprise that a star would herald the birth of God's son, you know, Mm. the incarnation. Uh, This was such an amazing thing that was taking place. In fact, you could say that it would be even more surprising if there wasn't some kind of phenomena to to announce it like a star that was, you know, the guide of these wise men. Here's another thought, Phil. Uh, men put their satellites into space to negotiate war sometimes, but God put this star in space with the message, peace on earth. That's a really good thought. What's remarkable about these men is that they didn't actually belong to the nation of Israel, um, God's covenant people, yet they, they seemed to be more people of faith than many Jews at the time, and especially the leaders of the Jews at the time. Yeah, it seems that somehow they knew this star would lead them to the one who would connect them to God and 
bring true peace, if you like, to their hearts. Mm. Now, it was a real journey of faith when you consider the distance that they traveled. But as soon as the star appeared, they were ready to follow. Uh, Phil, as you mentioned earlier, God speaks to people in a language that they can relate to. You know, he spoke to the Jewish shepherds through angels. He spoke to Elizabeth through her cousin. And then to these men through the stars. And they knew that there was a message from the God of the heavens uh, through the stars. Now, I love the way that God guided them when they are attempted to lean on their own understanding and just assume that, you know, Israel's king would, of course, be born in the capital, Jerusalem. But they did the right thing. They went to inquire from the scribes where the Messiah would be born. And, of course, they continued their journey until they came to Bethlehem. Yeah, and that's really one of the proofs that we have that the Bible is the word of God, that, uh, you know, it foretells so many things which were accurately fulfilled. Um, was it the prophet Micah who foretold that uh, that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem? It's only a fairly lowly kind of a town, really. Yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, hundreds of years before. In fact, the central theme throughout the scriptures is that God would and did send his son to the earth for our salvation. So it's no wonder that the Old Testament would be full of prophecies relating to this advent of Christ into the world. In fact, there are actually 300 prophecies and more in the Old Testament concerning Jesus Christ all of which have been fulfilled. For, you yeah, know, for example, um, you know, it's foretold that Jesus would be a woman's seed. You know, she would be born of a virgin without the agency of a man, uh, that he would be a descendant of David, that he would, as you say, be born in Bethlehem, that in his infancy he would flee to Egypt and then come back again, uh, that he would have a forerunner that we know to be John the Baptist, that he would be despised and rejected by his people without a cause, that his hands and feet would be pierced, which was a form of, uh, you know, a capital punishment that yep. wasn't actually in existence at, the at time. that time. Yep. Yeah, and on and on. In fact, um, the likelihood um, of three hundred prophecies all being fulfilled in accurate detail—it's almost impossible to compute, let alone fulfill, without divine intervention. Yes, quite amazing. And it's this predictive element of the Bible that's uh, something that fills you with a sense of awe when you really get your head into it and understand that what God predicted would come to pass and, in fact, did come to pass. And for so many prophecies to be accurately fulfilled at the end, there's you know there's just no more room for coincidence, is there? Yeah, that's right, Phil. You know, the purpose of prophecy is to let us know that God exists and that he has a plan for our lives. So by foretelling persons and places and events hundreds of years before their occurrence, especially in the life of Jesus. You know, we're thinking about his birth at this time and, and then, of course, his life and ministry. Um, you just got to say that this is an incredible testimony to the fact that God is omniscient and is omnipotent. I think it's something like 30% of Scripture is prophetic, which is a large chunk of the Old Testament. There are thousands of re- uh, prophecies, you know, in total recorded in the Bible. I mean, we're looking at those concerning the life of Jesus, which are hundreds. Uh, but, you know, just the Bible in total, there are thousands. And many of these have been fulfilled often hundreds of years after they were given. So God actually challenges. If you read the Bible, he challenges those who claim to be gods at a time when Israel was going off worshipping idols. He says, okay, if they're gods, let them tell us things to come. Let them predict the future Mm. because God is always doing that. Now, you know, without being disrespectful, Confucius, uh, Buddha, they didn't prophesy anything. Uh, Muhammad only ever prophesied one thing, and that is that he would return to Mecca, which we would call that a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's like saying, you know, after we're finished here today, I'm going to be going home. Now, that's a prophecy, but it's also something I can fulfill and will fulfill Mm, myself. You have the capacity to do it yourself. Yeah, Whereas Jesus prophesied many things, including that he would rise from the dead. We'll try that. (laughs) 
So God says of those who claim to be gods and yet cannot accurately foretell the future that they're really nothing and that those who worship them are really nothing also. So the purpose of prophecy, you know, we're looking at all these prophecies that foretold Jesus is coming. The purpose of them is to confirm that God is real. Only the true and living God can predict the future and control history. And God has shown himself to be all-powerful and all-knowing. Mm. Let's come back to those wise men. I was almost said three wise men. Then. Yeah. It's not three, really. We, we don't know how many there were. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and the star. Uh, and um, there was a prophetic word there, wasn't there? Well, the thing is, um, Peter says this, that we actually have a more prophetic word confirmed, which you do well, he said, to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. I love that. You know, we think about this star that that rose in the east and, and guided these men to Jesus and all these other prophecies. And Peter says, actually, you've got something even more certain than that. It's the word of God. And when you believe the gospel, this morning star rises in your heart. Now, as you know, the morning star was the star that heralded in a new day. Mm. So isn't that beautiful that when we believe what the Bible says about Jesus, that he is God's son, that he was born at Bethlehem, that he did live a perfect life, that he died a substitutionary death upon the cross, when we believe in him, the morning star rises in our hearts and, and it's the promise of a new beginning. You know, we're born again. If any man is in Christ Jesus, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. So, Phil, at this Christmas time, uh, let's just say to any listener out there that has never received Jesus Christ, believe God's testimony about him and his star will rise in your heart, marking the beginning of a new life for you. It's a special look at the wonder of Christmas this week and we'll continue our conversation tomorrow. Until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg and details about Ken's ministry, shop online at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 